Before we can make eating decisions with macronutrients, protein, carbs, fat, we need to really grasp why we eat what we eat so we can make proper choices. Hey everyone, welcome to the X and Hilo podcast. This podcast is all about understanding where our food comes from. Um, by the way, my name's Eddie. I'm the host of the show. And uh, I started this podcast because I felt like in the Christian faith, we really needed to uh, emphasize eating, wellness, health, diet, exercise, all this stuff more so. I feels like Christianity is always sort of, and the church, I should say, is always, I don't know, 20 or 30 years behind culture. And I think culture, secular society, whatever you want to call it, has really figured out that eating healthy and being around a long time is possible and helpful and necessary for our families and for our flourishing. The church is always behind in this way. So that's what this show is about. Before we can make eating decisions with macronutrients, protein, carbs, fat, we need to really grasp why we eat what we eat so we can make proper choices. And so that's what this show is going to be about. Oftentimes when I do coaching, when I do counseling, when I do, and I have conversations with people, the conversations almost always focus in on around diet and they almost always focus in around macronutrients. Macronutrients are protein, carbs, fat, you know, even things like sugar. And they're asking like, how many carbs do I eat? Am I, should I be on ketogenic diet? Should I, should I eat very few carbs? Uh, should I go low carb and not, maybe not full keto? How much protein should I eat? You know, if I'm training for muscle, do I put in one gram of protein per pound of body weight, uh, per pound of body weight? Do I do two, which is you know what some people do to put on tons of mass, two uh, grams of protein per pound of body weight? Do I do 0 0.8, 0 0.7, 0 0.6 pounds of protein per pound of body weight? This is all this like nuance, and, and we're talking about these macronutrients, but I really do think we need to understand why we eat what we eat before we can start making proper food choices. Now, over the last 100 years or so, you and I, the human humanity has largely eaten for taste. So it's 2023 this year. Go all the way back to 1923 or so. Um, that, you know, somewhere in between World War, you know, the end of World War I and the end of World War II, we get the Great Depression. And after the Great Depression and after World War II, we start all of a sudden coming to our own as a country in the West, in the United States, but even in, in the West, abundance starts flourishing, uh, subur suburbs start coming, the economy starts flourishing, and all of a sudden big food, big agriculture, big pharma even starts coming onto the scene and starts mass producing foods at a rapid clip. And so prior to that though, we mostly ate for, uh, for survival. Uh, we, we didn't eat with choice. Today I might call my wife tonight and say, hey, babe, what do you want to eat tonight? Do you want to eat uh, McDonald's? You know, I'm not going to say that, but do you want to eat fast food cheeseburgers? Do you want to eat pizza? I'm not going to say that either. Do you want to eat, let's say, sushi? Do you want to eat Italian food? Do you want to eat uh, Indian food? Do you want to me to cook a steak? Do you want me to cook a chicken? Do you want me to cook uh, pork chops, whatever it is? And so we're going to have these conversations about what we might want to eat because guess what? We've got a ton of frozen meat in our freezer. We've got DoorDash and Postmates and uh, Grubhub or whatever on our phones. We can get food however we want and whenever we want. We can get it fast. And really today, the only time we see people really watching what they eat is really people that are trying to uh, manipulate the way they look um, to, to look a certain way. So remember in the 50s, 60s, 70s, we had the, uh, the bodybuilders coming on the scene. Then we had, you know, certainly athletes coming on the scene. There's that famous 
picture of the quarterback from the Chiefs where he's smoking a cigarette on the sideline at halftime of the Super Bowl. Um, that's not a thing anymore, right? We're, we're, we're seeing athletes, we're seeing, and now even things like Instagram models and bro science types start to really care about the, what they eat. But really, when they care about what they eat, that's largely due to quantity. Now, quantity, quantity of food is about manipulating our diets, uh, carbs, fat, sugar, protein, and of course, calories. And we're doing that to look a certain way. Biblically, though, when it comes to regular diet and not fasting, we ought to consider quality. The Ex Nihilo channel, the Ex Nihilo podcast, you know, all this stuff I've created, this isn't about looking a certain way. Although, you know, we'd all want to look a certain way. Great. Hope you do. But this is really about quality. A biblical diet ought to care about quality first and then quantity. That's what's important. Quality is what's important because humanity has gotten their grubby little hands into the food supply and has destroyed the quality of the food around us, okay? Why should we care? Well, I'll bring some Bible into this. We should care because of what's happened in Genesis chapter 3. Now, if you know the story, Genesis chapter 3 is the fall of man. This is where sin comes into the world, but it didn't just affect your desire to murder somebody or to steal, right? That's sin, for sure. It affects far more than that. Let's look back at Genesis 3 together. I'm going to read it to you. <clears throat> By the way, I'm starting in verse 17. It says this, and to Adam, he said, this is God, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree, which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Highlight that. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Uh, thorns and thistles, another bold, right? It shall bring forth of you and you shall eat the plants of the field. And by the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground and out of it, you were taken for you are dust and to dust you shall return. The story here is that sin enters the world and really corrupts the world, right? It no longer functions the way God intended it to function. It certainly sin enters the world. It, you know, it, Create, it throws a, a chasm in between us and God. It sin separates us from God. It breaks our relationship from one another, but it also causes a relationship to break between us and creation itself. That's our body, but it's also, as we just read, the ground. So Adam you know, was put into the garden to work and keep it. There was a, a, a sort of synchronous relationship there. And, they, and he was able to sort of produce crops relatively easily, plant trees. But as a result of sin, all of a sudden the ground would be sort of his enemy and it would be, take him a long time. It would be hard for him to produce food. And so sin enters the world and corrupts it and no longer functions the way God had originally intended it to be. Now, foundationally, this means humanity would sort of toil in the sun to produce crops and as we eat from the ground. And even when we do eat of the crops, they don't even always grow properly. There's weeds and all sorts of stuff. And we react to sort of the, the plants. We get allergies. It's, it's hard, right? And mankind, and here's the point, is sinful. Man is going to come up with ways to sort of get around the thorns and thistles that, that come because of sin. In modern times, we have figured out certain ways to do this, okay? And there are a number of ways, not just because we're hungry, but also because we're greedy and we want more money and because we want to sell this food to make a profit, right? There's all sorts of reasons, some good, some bad. Modern, far modern farming tactics 
didn't start out bad for human beings, but they've morphed into an enterprise that is less about serving the customer with good, nutritious food and more about serving the supply chain demands and pleasing shareholders. So man battles creation because of sin to increase production speed, supply, and decrease costs, all to increase profit and please shareholders. Do you hear anything about the increase of longevity of the customer? No. Do you hear anything about making them more healthy? No. The overwhelming majority of companies and really 99% in the food industry don't care at all about your health. They don't care at all about your health as long as you don't die immediately because they can get sued, right? They don't want to be sued, but they don't care about your health. So let's go through a few of these massive changes in food supply over the last hundred years that have disrupted our food supply and have hurt our bodies as a result. And, and here is the bell I've been ringing. You absolutely need to care about what type of food you're putting in your body. This notion that it's my body, I can do whatever I want with it, it's just not true for the Christian. Fundamentally, 1 Corinthians 6, our bodies are temples, we should care. But also, you're, you're hurting yourself with poison. You should care about those things. Here are a few of the big changes that have happened over the last few years, and here's why we should care. The rise in Frankenfood. This is the first one. You know, just 60 years ago, we vastly ate different from the way we eat today. It's, it's changed so much over the course of time. Now, we used to have, you know, farmer's markets. We used to grow our own crops. You know, you go fresh fruit, vegetables from the farmer's market. All, almost, virtually majority of beef uh, was grass-fed or at least uh, partially grass-fed. Wild-caught fish was a thing, you know, and we've replaced a lot of of what we eat, what we ate 60 years ago. Um, you know, let me just name some of these things off. You know, milk from a dairy farm, uh, from grass-fed cows that were grown the way they were supposed to be read, uh, supposed to be um, raised. Um, Wild-caught fish, grass-fed beef, pastured eggs, fresh fruit, organic fruit, organic vegetables. All that stuff has been largely replaced with boxed and packaged genetically altered food that is nutritionally poor and nutritionally uh, devoid of everything that we could possibly want. And it's all been fortified, quote unquote, where things have been added back into the food. But the food that we eat when we consume it, it's less bioavailable, meaning our bodies don't really take those nutrients in. And so really, it's a sort of a, a zero-sum game we end up losing anyway. Um, so... Uh, this food is nutritionally poor and cheap. And what's crazy about it all, and really when you think about it, is Fortune 500 companies now mass produce quote unquote food that is filled with synthetic ingredients, many of which I'll just say have either been spoiled or have gone rotten or nearly non absorbable again by the human body. So these big companies, Nabisco, Heinz, you name it, Kellogg. They produce these foods that they tell you are healthy. They change the box. They tweak what it looks like. They change everything. And they do that so that way um, you will think the food is healthy, but then they can, but really what they're trying to do is just make a profit off of you. Now, I think you know that. I, I really do think you know that that's true. But there's something in our minds that just goes, nah, they probably are fine. I'm just going to eat it because we really want to eat it. And some of that, is because we're addicted to it, and we'll get to that later. Um, but many of these foods go by names we recognize, but not all are like the food we remember from days past. So think about things like raw local honey from a beekeeper, 
right? Raw local honey, a great thing to eat, helps with, gives you good sugar. Um, you know, as long as you're not eating buckets and buckets of it, of course, a teaspoon of raw local honey before bed actually helps you sleep. That insulin spike will help you sleep and it'll help with allergies locally. It's pretty awesome. You're like microdosing the allergens and so it helps your body sort of develop a, a, an adaptation to them. It's awesome. So we go from raw local honey from a beekeeper uh, that we eat would eat from someone down the street to genetically all engineered corn syrup without any actual honey in it. If you were to walk into a Kentucky Fried Chicken and you get a thing of biscuits, which you should never do, by the way. <laughs> Clearly, I'm mad. And then you ask for honey. Read the back of the honey packet. Now, maybe they've made a change here because this has become more mainstream. But what you're going to see is that this is not honey at all, but it's genetically engineered high fructose corn syrup ingredients without any honey. So it tastes and looks like honey but it's not honey. That's disgusting. Bill Gates wants to do that with your beef supply. He wants people to have synthetic meat that looks and smells and tastes like meat, but it's not meat. Good grief, that would be disgusting, but it would also be horrible for the environment and it would be dis and it would be wreak havoc on your body. More on that in another podcast. This raw local honey substitute from KFC or from anywhere um, you can get this in a grocery store. You can go to Safeway or Aldo's or, you know, Wegmans or Whole Foods, maybe not Whole Foods, but you go to any of these grocery stores and you're going to find this genetically engineered corn syrup. That's called Frankenfood. Frankenfood, the name taken from Frankenstein, is essentially a giant experiment that you are eating and hoping everything turns out well. Spoiler, it's not working. But Frankenfood isn't just engineered for speed or for production value, okay? Which, it, it, those are big things, but it's also manufactured to get you to eat more. And this is the sad kicker. We, I talk to Christians all the time, friends, people in my church, uh, people in the community, people online, and they'll say things like, you know what, all things in moderation, you know, I'm free in Christ to be able to eat whatever I wanna eat, and you know, what's good for me is good for me, and what's good for you is good for you in food. No, absolutely not. You, my friend, are eating a science experiment when you go to the grocery store and you buy a box that's brightly colored with crazy colors. You're eating a science experiment. You don't yet know the ramifications of eating something like that. And not only that, there are companies, these massive billion-dollar companies that are tr being traded on the stock market, financially obligated to get you to eat those things, financially motivated to get you to eat those things, they are then going to go get independent quote unquote studies done by people they pay to confirm the food that they're telling you is healthy is in fact healthy when it's not. Frankenfood is destroying your body and you're being gaslit by these big corporations who are putting dollars in into the FDA's pockets, into the uh, scientific journal's pockets, into the government's pockets to tell you and allow you to eat these, tell you these things are healthy and to allow you to eat them. There is no scenario in which you win here. And this is absolutely not the way, you know, let's say Peter and Paul had to pour themselves a bowl of Fruit Loops in the morning with, you know, GMO, uh, GMO corn bread on the side and... Uh, hormone pumped milk. No, that's not that's not how people ate. Okay, these hundred calorie pack things, 
these 100 calorie pack, like little chips, little cookies, little Ritz crackers, little Cheez-Its. Imagine eating a 100 calorie pack and then comparing that to say, let's say 100 calories worth of a banana or an avocado. One of those is gonna satisfy you with carbohydrates and fat and the other is going to make you want another 100 calorie pack because that's what they're designed to do. They're genetically modified to get you not only um, to buy more, but to eat more. And not only are they genetically modified to do those things, they're genetically engineered for speed and production value so they can churn these dang things out because you're going to be eating as many and many of these things as you possibly can. <clears throat> Frankenfood is damaging you. So be very careful of just trusting whatever you want to eat because of your taste, because your taste is being manipulated. These packs are nutritionally poor and you need to consume more of them to meet your needs, your, um, your actual nutritional value needs. Frankenfood isn't just cheap to produce, it's nutritionally poor and it's designed to make you consume more. Now, things like MSG are great examples. Remember MSG, all the craze, you know, back in, you know, let's say the mid 2000s, we shouldn't eat MSG. It's produced in a lot of Chinese food. It's a great example. <clears throat> Monosodium glutamate is the name, right? It's a chemical used by big food to stimulate your appetite, right? Now, over the last few years, public opinion has turned on MSG, as you well know. Not to worry. MSG can be hidden under a number of other marketing names, so you will still buy it without knowing it. There are at least, at this point, 15 known ingredients that MSG can be hidden in. Their goal is not your health. Their goal is to get you to buy as much as possible and to be a docile consumer and spend a lot of money. That's their goal. Their goal is not to make you healthy. So the next time you go in and get a Nabisco, Chips Ahoy, Oreo, whatever else, pack, 100 calorie pack with low sugar, just know that that product is modified to get you not to just eat 100 calories, but eat 500 calories of those things. And you will justify buying them because they're only 100 calories. And what you'll have to do is use your willpower in order to stop eating as much as you can. We know from stu countless studies being done that your willpower is a finite resource, meaning that you cannot white knuckle your way through a good diet forever. Food is modified too heavily to get you to eat it for you to be able to do that, okay? Be very careful. Their health is not your goal, MSG or otherwise. So again, we've shifted away from farmer's markets and farms where we get our meat and our vegetables and our fruit, and we've moved to a Franken-food model of eating. A Franken-food model of eating is where we shop in the middle of the grocery store. If you notice, the outside of the grocery store is where you get your, your produce, your vegetables, and your, um, your vegetables and your fruits, and where you get your meat, right? So you have, usually have your, your meat, uh, your butcher on one side or on towards the back, your eggs, um, your bacon, your sausage, your milk. Um, not that that's any you know, great for you these days. Uh, because of the way it's been produced. And then your uh, you'll get your vegetables and your fruit on another side. But in the middle, you'll have your cereal. You'll have your oatmeal, not health food, by the way. We'll get to that in another podcast. Um, you have your, uh, you know, your, your pickles with hydrogenated oil. You have your mayonnaise made with so sunflower oil and soybean oil. You have uh, all these rancid oil. Most of it's rancid soybean oil and sunflower oil and the like, um, hydrogenated oils, all that stuff. 
canola oil, uh, also known as rapeseed oil, all that stuff. And all that stuff's going to kill you. So when you talk about having 91% of hospital visits are for chronic disease, the reason why is because the grocery store doesn't have your best interests at heart and you've entrusted your health to people that aren't you. You've entrusted them, your health, to um, Safeways and the Kroger's and the whatever else's to have your Albertsons, to have your best interest at heart. And guess what? They do not have your best interest at heart. They only care about their profit, friends. And as long as you don't die immediately where they can be sued, they don't care if you die slowly. That's your responsibility. We've shifted away from farmer's markets and farms and moved to Franken-food model of eating. Let me just tell you, the top six foods eaten in the American diet. This, I, I talked about this in another YouTube video, but I want to bring it up just so you understand how, how, sinis, how um, sinister this all is. Number one, what is the number one top, out of the top six foods eaten in the American diet, what's number one? Have a guess? I know you know what it is. It is wheat-based desserts. That's right. Cake, pie, Pop-Tarts, you know, you name it. Cupcakes, muffins. The number one product produced in the United States is wheat. Wheat has been changed. We're going to get to that in a second. But usually those products are not only filled with wheat, which is uh, inflammatory. It's um, bowel problem inducing. It is brain fog inducing. It is health debilitating, but also comes with a ton of sugar. And we know sugar creates sugar, too much sugar, majority sugar, um, produces inflammation in the body. And inflammation is the precursor to every major modern Western disease. Wheat-based dessert, not good for you. Also very delicious. So <laughs> there's a big challenge there. A lot of people like cakes. A lot of people like pies. A lot of people like muffins. A lot of people like cupcakes. Number two, wheat-based dessert. Number one is wheat-based dessert. Number two is bread. Okay. So a little bit of a cousin for the first one, but the point is for the same problems that there are challenges with wheat-based desserts, bread is a challenge uh, because of the way it's produced in the United States and in the Western world. In a lot of places, you may notice bread is not, it not, is not as bad on your body as it is in the United States. Bread. Third thing, third out of the top six of foods eaten in America that are, that are bad, sugary soft drinks. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Sprite, 7-Up, you know, you name it. I don't even name root beer, Dr. Pepper, Mountain Dew, just absolute disgusting science experiments that are um, being produced at a rapid clip and are sold basically everywhere you can. I mean, literally every store, every store that isn't, I mean, I, how many stores would you guess are being sold, sold this stuff sold in? You go to Walmart, you go to Target, you go to any gas station. 100% of gas stations that sell products in America have a Coke or Pepsi product. So this stuff's being sold. There is, how many grams of sugar do you think? Let's look it up. How many grams in a Coke? 39 grams of sugar in a 12-ounce Coca-Cola, in a 12-ounce Coca-Cola, 20-ounce bottle of Mountain Dew 
let's move this over here. 20 ounce bottle of Mountain Dew has 77 grams of sugar. 77 grams of sugar. Unreal. An 8.3 ounce can of Red Bull has 30 itself. Minute Maid Lemonade, which is 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 worse than a soda because a 20 ounce bottle of it has 67 grams. Minute Maid Premium Original Orange Juice, which is not fresh squeezed orange. It's just it's just added sugar to uh, concentrate from oranges. Uh, has 23 grams of sugar, probably the best on the list. A Nesquik chocolate milk, eight ounces, has 29 grams of sugar. A Mike's Hard Lemonade, which an abomination unto the Lord. A Mike's Harm Lemonade, an abomination unto the Lord. It is absolutely disgusting. It's got alcohol. It's got sugar. It's basically goat urine at this point. 30 grams of sugar in one 11-ounce bottle of Mike's Hard Lemonade. Sugar causes inflammation, which is the number one precursor to chronic inflammation, not just acute inflammation like spraining your ankle. Chronic inflammation in your joints, in your body, in your organs is the number one precursor to every major modern Western disease. And guess what you can buy at every store nearly, every store nearly in the United States. Guess what? Coke, soda, crazy. All right, number four, top six foods eaten in American diet, pizza. Now, a lot of people love pizza. Pizza's delicious. You got cheese. You got you know, some sauce. You got some bread, which essentially includes the, the top two six foods of the foods eaten in the American diet. Um, I, I really hate that this one's on here. I'll be honest with you. I really like pizza, but I also don't eat gluten or very much grain at all, um, and I don't eat very much dairy. Um, so, and I certainly wouldn't eat dairy from like a Pizza Hut or Domino's, but it is on here. Um, the point of including this on here is just for you to sh just for you to see that the top six foods are all junk food. They're all foods that are designed not only calorically, because again, we always focus in on carbohydrate, fat, protein. Oh my gosh, like I'm eating too much. It's not just about quantity; it's about quality. Your qual the quality of food is affecting you. We're gonna get to this in a second with the bread, but understand that if cows um, if cows eat grain and corn, the milk they produce is going to have those elements produce higher omega sixes, and their and their GMO'd, which most most ninety seven percent of corn produced in the United States is GMO'd. It's going to be all hormone induced. There's going to be all these antibiotics and all this RSBST and all this whatever the heck in these milk, and you're going to eat you're going to drink that. So or you're going to eat that in your cheese. All that to say, you have to be very careful. Number five, alcohol. Alcohol. So, alcohol is the number is the fifth um, food top of the top six foods eaten in the American diet. Five is alcohol, and you have to think this isn't. We're not necessarily talking about like distilled vodka or <laughs> distilled uh, tequila, high end. Although that in, is included, we're probably mostly talking about beer. Beer is probably up there because if you watch any football game, basketball game, soccer game in the United States or in the West. You're going to see a beer commercial attached to it, Bud Light, Miller Light, whatever. And that's made with wheat. Wheat is, again, inflammation-inducing in the way it's produced in the U.S., and it's a number one precursor for every major modern Western disease. Are you seeing a pattern? Number six of the top six foods eaten in America, chicken. But this isn't your bodybuilder, your favorite bodybuilder's chicken breasts, guys. This is primarily in the form of fried chicken. 
in like nuggets or strips. Breaded with wheat, right? Breaded with wheat. So again, wheat is in, what's the one, two, three, four of the top ones. Five of the five of the six include wheat. The only one that doesn't is uh, sugary soft drinks, which kill you in another way. So enjoy that. Bread and wheat is in all of this, and I think the Christ, the number one Christian rebuttal to all of this is: Wait a second, but Jesus ate bread. Jesus ate bread. Guys, I've talked about this a lot on other podcasts, and I've talked about this in other videos. I've talked about this on other people's podcasts. The grain that people of the past ate is nothing like the Franken food bread that you and I ate today. Jesus was not eating Wonder Bread or Iron Kids Bread or bread cheesy garlic rolls from Red Lobster. He wasn't doing that. The grain that Jesus likely ate, along with most anyone in ancient history, was hearty. It was nutritionally dense and it was very complex. A long time ago, they used hearty varieties of wheat like emmer, einkorn, corazon. These were these were rich, they had zinc, they had magnesium, they were packed with micronutrients, packed with minerals. These things was these things were like a meal in of themselves. The wheat we eat today is not the same. Today, our wheat, we nicknamed it dwarf wheat because it grows a third of the size of regular wheat. Why? So we can harvest it faster. Blunted stems made for ease of transport because of the size and the high amounts you can grow are the reasons why. It's called dwarf wheat. It made it cheap. It made it effective to produce. That's why they changed it. It wasn't for taste. It wasn't for nutrition. And it wasn't for you. It was for them. And it was to make it cheap and effective to produce and easy to produce. The grain fields that Jesus and his disciples picked from in the scriptures looked nothing like the wheat that we see today. Okay. Now, the worst byproduct of dwarf wheat isn't even the size, although that's kind of funny. It's that it's less nutritious and harder to digest. You wonder why there's so much celiac disease. You wonder why people are gluten intolerant. It's not because everyone is a wuss today in the United States. It's because the wheat has been changed. Since we since we started producing things like this and agriculture began genetically altering wheat, concentrations of copper, um, zinc, iron and magnesium have plummeted close to 30% from 1968 to 2005 than it was in the previous period. We've lost so many minerals and vitamins in our food as a result of the way we've been changing the food. So people walk around magnesium deficient. They walk around zinc deficient. We've got to take supplements as a result. We're walking around with celiac disease because the food has been changing. Now, let me walk you through a little bit of the making of bread in the United States. This will help you understand kind of why, why the food Jesus ate wasn't the same way we ate it. First, the machines are going to go through the fields and they're going to remove debris and sticks and rocks and chaff, right? That's going to happen. Um, high steam, uh, high temperature steam conditioning is going to happen. It's going to spray the wheat so the berries don't naturally ferment. So it's changing the way that they initially, um, they were initially created to be produced. Endosperms are going to be separated, the least nutritious part of the wheat, but also the starchiest. And then it's going to be ground into fine powder. So you're going to take the least nutritious part of the wheat and the starchiest, which makes it like sort of squishy and, and chewy. 
and then you're going to ground that into a fine powder. So all of the other nutrients is gone. Then chlorine, um, uh, bromates, and other chemicals are going to be are, that are banned, by the way, in Europe and other places, but are used here. We use those to standardize the texture of the wheat flour and change the appearance to remove any odors. For many wheats, at this point, wheat is bleached to, again, uh, sort of standardize the texture so that way and standardize the smell. And because of the nutritious parts of the wheat were removed, the government mandates that these companies enrich, quote unquote, like I've talked about already, the wheat with synthetic vitamins. The problem, again, with synthetic vitamins and minerals is that oftentimes they are not very or fully bioavailable, meaning there could be added zinc in your bread. You might even see added omega-3s in your bread, added uh, copper or added magnesium. They usually don't add copper because people don't think of copper as a health food. But in order for you to absorb zinc, you sort of need copper. So there's that. So they don't even add copper back in. But nonetheless, they'll remove these, these various you know, minerals but then they'll add them back in and quote unquote enrich them. And the problem is these synthetic vitamins and minerals are not absorbable by the human body. So it doesn't matter. You can buy this bread specifically because it has vitamins and minerals added back in, but well, it doesn't even help you anyway. Then bleached flour, the bleached flour that we have that's standardized, that's perfect for, for texture. So that way when you buy Dave's killer bread here and Dave's killer bread there. It's all the same or whatever. I don't know what kind of bread you eat, you know, or a wheat bread here. It's going to taste the same as in Ohio as it does in, in down in California. The bleached flour is going to sit in containers for one or two months before being packed into sacks or large containers and then being shipped off to consumers to make the processed food. Since the wheat hasn't fermented or sprouted, or spin soaked to remove anti-nutrients, the flour contains substances that damage the gut, that cause weight gain, and that leads to things like celiac disease and even causes things like autoimmune disorders or other chronic diseases. You've been lied to. Jesus did not make a turkey sandwich with, you know, uh, best foods mayonnaise with hydrogenated oil in it or sunflower oil or canola oil and then add and make that with oro wheat bread you know nine grain bread or whatever that's not what he did the bread jesus ate and the bread that was rained down from from heaven by god himself included coriander seed it was made with delicious and healthy oil sometimes olive oils or butter these breads were hearty and they had lots of nutrition, lots of the things that we needed. Sorry to say, the bread that you eat is not the same as the same bread that Jesus ate. But what about meat? He talks about bread. What about meat? Isn't meat good? Well, the industrial meat industry is horrifying. You see all these documentaries from vegans around how meat is so bad for you. They really got it half right. Because the way meat is produced in the United States is horrifying. It's sad, honestly, for the animals, and it's unhealthy. And the industry produces sad and unhealthy animals, and it produces sad and unhealthy people. That's true. And the fact of the matter is, it's a major public health problem if more people are eating high quality quantities of industrial meat. So these, these um, 
documentaries you'll see on Netflix and Prime or whatever, they really have half of it right. Factory farm meat is garbage, but another type of meat is good, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But farmed factory meat is loaded with mold toxins. It's loaded with pesticides from cheap grain feed and corn feed that these animals are given. A lot of these GMOs are spliced internally with the pesticides that keep bugs away from eating them. And so you might get a, a, a cow that's eating corn and grain, but the GMOs um, have been developed in these sort of plants to produce them so that way bugs don't eat them. The problem is the cows eat them. And, and the bugs aren't eating them, but the, it messes up the gut biome of the cow makes the cow, and it makes the cows sick. Imagine what that would do to you if you were to eat those genetically modified corn stalks and wheat. What might happen to you? Well, we know what's happening to us. Cancer, diabetes, stroke, heart attack, inflammation, all of these different things are happening. Autoimmune conditions, Hashimoto's, irritable bowel syndrome, GERD, everything. So now then Big Pharma comes in the back end and they're going to sell you Prilosec and they're going to sell you Gaviscon and they're going to sell you uh, Nexium and they're going to sell you statin drugs to get, to get your cholesterol down. They're coming right in and they're just destroying you. But your cow that, that you're eating, that you're farmed, is eating those things, and then you're eating the cow, right? And to keep the animals from being sick, because they're going to get sick, what they do is they pump them full of antibiotics, oftentimes preemptively, to prevent them from getting sick, even though they should be sick based on their diet and lifestyle. So are you what you eat? Because I've heard that phrase thrown around. You are what you eat. Yeah, you are what you eat, but really, you are what your food eats. You are what your food eats. The same antibiotics that the cows ingest are ingested by you. The same crossbred grain and GMO brain engineered so that, so that way the bugs will die if they will eat it is ingested by you. Again, the animals are also in cruel, cramped conditions. As someone who is a Christian, I don't think we should be good stewards of the environment, good stewards of the planet, good stewards of the animals that we eat. We should not be locking cows' heads in vice grips so that they eat more so we can make more money, which is what happens. I'm from the northern, from Bay Area, Northern California, and if you drive from Southern California or from Northern California to Southern California or vice versa, you're going to cross a lot of of these feedlots, and it stinks down there, but you oftentimes do see cows' heads locked in vice grips with big trays of corn and grain put right in front of their faces so they eat some farms even accidentally or purposely feed their cows city garbage in their corn and grain that's bad for your body it's bad for the it's bad for the cow it's bad for you it's bad for the environment it's no wonder when these different organizations do studies like harvard does studies on red meat that participants come back worse than not eating it. Of course, the meat supply has been corrupted in the United States and we are responsible. We have to be careful. So there's all this different stuff we can do to avoid these crossbred grain and this crossbred uh, grain and corn that the cows eat that we eat. And so just to end our episode, I'll just 
share with you kind of a few things that we should avoid, um, or sorry, a few things that we should eat instead. So instead of eating cross-bred grain, you can eat ancient grain bread. You can also eat no bread. Those are two big options. So you can go to the store and you can buy einkorn um, or emmer grain. You can order it online and you can bake your own delicious bread that's ancient grains that does have the zinc, that does have the copper, does have the magnesium, that does have a lot of those other nutrients. Um, for meat, you can go get yourself grass-fed beef. Now, when you know all these different fed up and all these different um, documentaries made, what they don't take into account is that there are other options for beef and other options for fish, other options for um, chicken than eating the industrial raised stuff. You can go right now and get a butcher box and get grass-fed beef, pastured eggs, um, grass-fed lamb, and you're eating a cow or you're eating a lamb or you're eating a pig that is eating food the way God intended it to eat. And that's what we're after, right? That's what we're after. Because if you eat a grass-fed cow, that food is going to be that animal is going to be packed in its fat with omega six or omega three fatty acids. You're going to be getting delicious omega threes. You're going to be getting good saturated fats from from the butter. That's what you're after because that is healthy for you and it's going to be anti-inflammatory, not inflammatory. The grain you eat is going to be nutritionally dense and not nutritionally void. Eating food the way God originally intended it is the way to do it. Eggs that are pastured, that are not from chickens, that are eating corn and grain. By the way, avoid vegetarian-fed chicken eggs because chickens aren't vegetarians. They eat grass, but they also eat grubs they find in the yard. If you're getting vegetarian-fed chicken uh, chicken eggs, you're getting a chicken that's been fed corn and grain. They don't eat that. Look for pasture-raised eggs, Okay. All right, so by the end of this episode, you know why and how we've destroyed our food. GMO means genetically modified organism, but it could also mean God move over because this is us getting our grubby little hands in God's way, manipulating the food supply for profit, manipulating it for speed, and manipulating it to make you eat more, which ultimately kills you. You are in charge of what you eat, not the government, not Big pharma, not big food, not big agriculture, you. And it is up to you to take responsibility for how you eat. And I hope you do. That's the end of this episode. Hey, if you enjoyed this, will you do me a favor? Like this video on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. Um, send this to a friend that needs to hear it. Send this to a friend, a believer friend, that needs to understand that eating the way God created us to eat is important. And if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, please throw me a follow, throw me a, a subscription so you can stay up with the latest content.